0: Welcome to the Kinky Cast, a sexually explicit podcast for adults. You are listening to a weekly publication, produced every Friday morning. This is our weekly exploration in the kinky world of BDSM and alternative relationships. Today, we present episode 328, Our Mental Health Doubleheader. Part 2, Alpha Cat, More Than Just a Fantasy. Don't forget to stop by our webpage for information about this show and others, kinkycast.com. With the coronavirus being active, please practice social distancing. Here's your host, Woody.
1: Thanks, Max, and welcome to another edition of the Kinky Cast. On the line with me is Alpha Cat from beautiful Springfield, Missouri. How are you?
2: Hey, I'm doing great. How are you tonight?
1: All right. All right. So uh, you're uh, in the middle of the country, darn near exactly. <laughs> How's uh, looking out the window there for uh, all your shut-ins and all that?
2: Yeah, it's been an interesting few months to say the least. Uh, been a rainy day here, but we're in the mid seventies most of the time lately. So
1: the warmer weather we're hoping is going to to bring uh, some changes so that we can at least get out and have a little more fun. The reason you're on the line tonight is you are the head of an event, More Than Just a Fantasy, or as you lovingly call it, MTJAF. That's Mm -hmm. a mouthful.
2: (laughs) It is.
1: (laughs) Tell us about what More Than Just a Fantasy is.
2: More than just a fantasy is a dream and a vision that I've had for several years. Um, I ran for Miss uh, Show Me Olympus Leather 2019 here held in Kansas City, Missouri. And my platform was on mental health and PTSD because I'm a thriver of trauma and PTSD. And with that platform, I wanted to go ahead and build a vision um, and a dream for the community and BDSM and mental health. And so that's where it founded and that's where my vision began and I'll get started.
1: And so what does your organization do?
2: Okay. So we uh, host every year uh, four intensives and in different places in the country for people to attend weekend long conferences. And basically during the conferences, we come together and we have different topics and different presenters on different things in the lifestyle that, people may face with mental health challenges. And then we also offer monthly on the fourth Monday of each month on Facebook Live, what we call healthy fantasies. And we have different topics and different things that is unlimited for the amount of people that can attend that and people that maybe aren't in that area where the intensives are being held can come online on Facebook Live and join in on that discussion and and learn from presenters as well.
1: And those are every month?
2: Yes, every month on the fourth Monday.
1: That's that's fantastic uh, support for uh, people that really uh, need to understand how mental health is working related to kink.
2: Yeah, absolutely. There's a big mental health stigma in our community. And so it's definitely, you know, time to put action to the talk and just be there for people and help people become more aware, um, no matter what the topic is. And so um, absolutely, yes, so true.
1: Go back on the stigma. What are people perceiving?
2: I think it's going to depend on the person and what their education is and what their experience is. I think there's a Kind of a big stigma in the community with kind of, you know, hush hush about having a disorder or personality disorder like bipolar or ADD or things that they may struggle with. And I think the the stigma is kind of one of those things where it's not really talked about and discussed as much. You know, I don't know about you, but I don't know of any events that you can go to and see mental health right on the middle of a class next to a flogging class or next to a, you know, whips and chains or whatever you're discussing that weekend. And it's a big part of who our community is and what, you know, they battle because we are the minority being in kink. And it is something that is really important for people to know that there is support for how they identify in in the community to have their back.
1: You mentioned mental health, and it's a fairly broad topic in itself. And you also mentioned when you started that you had PTSD.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Uh,
1: A lot of people are going to end up with PTSD before we get out of COVID.
2: Absolutely. Yes.
1: When you do these classes and discussions, do you uh, categorize and say, you know, we're going to talk about PTSD tonight and and then something else? Or how do you do that?
2: Yeah, there's always a topic. Um, It's a fantastic point. There's actually a podcast coming up on uh, May 18th that is called Power Talk. And Master Sir Big Red is actually coming on to do a talk on uh, queers supporting queers in quarantine times. And that's gonna be focused solely on that. But yes, different topics. Uh, we're always open for requests and feedback of what our community is looking for and what they need. But um, yes, we do have different topics and they usually are are focused on grief or MS and mental health, just different type of topics depending on uh, the speaker and what you know their skill is in. Yeah, absolutely.
1: This is a service that is uh, sorely needed. I have uh, attended a a couple classes on mental health at some different conventions, and it's a very light brush of uh, the depth that's out there.
2: Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, one of the things that I struggle with is, you know, as a slave and as a boy, you know. Where can I go to get that support to know how to handle writing a contract for someone that may struggle with overstimulation or limited capacity and service? And how do you teach your owner to work with, you know, what you struggle with daily and effective communication? And there's just so many things that mental health brings to the table that is unique on top of, you know, how we identify. And, And so, yeah, it definitely is needed.
1: When you say mental health, I, I think a lot of us can identify in some of the categories there because we're we're an alternate society to, quote, the norm. And right. so we all have something else going on in our minds anyway, whether it's it's dealing with uh, sexualities, uh, whether it's uh, roles that we feel that we should be in, that uh, we have been suppressed for years. And a lot of people fight that, and, and mental health in the broad stroke helps explain who we are and why we are.
2: Yeah. And, you know, it's about acceptance and also, you know, ownership is a key part of that too, but acceptance and, you know, learning who you are and and learning what things work for you and knowing that it's okay to do things differently. There's no cookie cutter pattern and, you know, our, mental health system in society was already pretty messed up, let alone now it's even worse now because of COVID and everything we're all experiencing. Um, But yeah, then that's part of the stigma is that we just have to begin to teach one another that just because we do things differently doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. Um, You just have to teach them how your needs are and what's different.
1: Recently, we had a a show on that uh, dealt with our uh, USA discussion group and we had two nurses. Uh, One of them was in full PTSD at the time, online, working double shifts, working, you know, all week. And people that go in not knowing that they have a a mental illness and then come out with it. And so recognition is, why do I feel this way? What is going Mm -hmm. on in my head? These sorts of things. And a support system is really required
2: Right. And I want to point out, like I tell people whenever I speak or lead a podcast, I am not a therapist and none of us here are trying to say that we are licensed professional therapists. Um, There is therapy for that. However, we do have therapists on my staff that teach and work uh, with people and offer that should they need something on top of coming to a discussion night. And we want to be able to build a powerful nationwide resources list for people to know where they can go that is safe and kink-oriented. And so that's really, really important. But yeah, it, it's tough sometimes with the way people process, you may not know you have something for months later. Um, I know, for example, when I had my one of my major car wrecks, I didn't know that I had brain damage and brain injury until several months later when I couldn't process right and I couldn't speak right. Um, and so a lot of that stuff can come out of that. And and I can only imagine the the trauma of what the nurses and medical people are just are EMTs and people in service in general are, are experiencing right now for sure.
1: In the case of the car accident, there's a before and after and people that knew you Mm -hmm. one way now see you as a different way.
2: Absolutely. That's a great um, point because prior um, I've been in the leather and BDSM community about 23, 24 years plus. And when I was serving in, caller to the owner that I was with at the time. I had had a few car wrecks in my life and not sure how that ends up happening to me, but it just is. I tell people on the cat of nine lives because who has that many car wrecks happen? I, I don't know. That's the universe's fate, but we were in a car wreck together. Now that it's one thing for me to be in a car wreck, but to watch my owner, you know, in the car spinning out of control and hitting things, and I won't go into too much detail for triggering purposes, but that's a scary thing. And I usually would get in the car and drive across the country to Atlanta or Florida, wherever the event was. And after that happened, I couldn't even get in the car for six weeks. And, you know, she's looking at me like, what can I do to help her? And it was scary because I was not the slave I once was. I couldn't do things to a certain amount of stimulation in one day. I'd have to stop or slow down because I would get way overstimulated. And it does affect everything we do in our lifestyle and how we identify And as I tell people, you know, I'm not that same person that I was before that wreck happened. And so, you have to deal for me. I had to deal with anger and self acceptance that it's okay to be this way. That my gifts are still valuable and my talents are still worthy. Um, because it's hard. You definitely feel less than when something like that happens. Yeah, for sure. It's a great, great point.
1: Certainly different than more or less is subjective. But uh, for people to look at you and say you don't react the same to flogging or whatever than you did before the event. So things change and sometimes you need to be reminded that things changed so that you can process them different.
2: Right. Absolutely. Um, a lot of my play shifted during that period. Also, therapeutic play is a thing too, for those of us who need that mental health um, and physical balance. But yeah, because part of PTSD is uh, easily overstimulated or hypervigilant, um, I couldn't focus a lot of times in dungeons and music was too loud and I'd have to put headphones on or I'd be way too overstimulated too quickly. So there's really a, a process and a learning phase that you have to go through to really relearn yourself. One of my car wrecks, you know, they told me I would never walk again. And I just kind of laughed at him. I was like, yeah, no, I don't think so. (laughs) And of course, I am I'm I'm walking now in a a great testimony of the power within. But yeah, I mean, it changes just so many things. You know, how long can you stand on a cross when you've got damage physically or, you know, even disabilities that are in the lifestyle? That's a big part of, of it, too, as well.
1: Also, as we go through life, we collect maladies. And, you know, when we were kids, we were very resilient and we got past things. And then you add a couple car accidents and a different uh, mental bruises and things in there. I have a nerve damage in my leg that I acquired during uh, getting shingles back 20 years ago. And, wow. you know, and now that's a permanent part of who I am. And so there are things like if I'm standing flogging somebody at a cross, there is a limit to how long I can do that before the nerves kick in. As I say, we're a collection of our past. Uh, I'm also terribly ADD, and so I'm distracted by a lot of okay. things. You know, I go into a dungeon and the uh, stimulation is right. over the top, especially when the music's loud and there's a uh, a party going on in the uh, next play space. And you're trying to get into headspace. That's a a real challenge. All of these things add up to who we are as an individual today. And understanding the depth of mental health is really important.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. And that's why, you know, I have always shared to people because I didn't always make this choice back at the beginning of, of my journey. But I tell people, you know, although the lifestyle may be therapeutic, it's not meant to be therapy. And you've got to really learn yourself and and know yourself. And just because you're submissive doesn't mean that your dominant should fix you or figure all that out for you. So you really do have to take that time to step back. And, and it's a continually evolving process. It's not something that you just figure out in one month. It is something you really have to learn and like for me for example when I would go to events prior to this really bad wreck in 2015 you know you know how cons and events are it's go 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 all weekend long and now I can't do that when I go to cons I have to pick or choose when I'm going to so that time by I do get to the dungeon at nine o'clock at night I'm not freaked out and having a meltdown with my owner right there It's so important. And I can't stress enough that you've got to really put the self-care first and really learn to master yourself before someone else can master you, for sure.
1: Self-identification is important. And also community identification, friends coming to you and say, do you know that you're doing these things? Do you know that you're melting down? Do you know why you're melting down? And friends help friends.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I think part of um, what we do do in our intensives and encourage on our monthly podcasts is going past that step of just talking about it, you know, sharing phone numbers and exchanging things with one another. And I don't think it's enough as a community to just say, hey, I'm here. Or if you need to talk, we're here for you. Sometimes you have to be intentional. About that support that you really are committing to your friends and your community, and reach out to them and say, "Hey, I'm just checking in on you." I know a lot of us have been trying to do that during this COVID uh, process, and this is, in you know, just another example. It's an extremely depressing and and difficult time right now, and depression and just you know being home and isolated in general. I just think we have to be more intentional about reaching out to people and you know being there and letting them know that you really do care about them and we're there for them for sure.
1: Absolutely. I've gone through my um, phone index and called a lot of my friends just saying, you're hanging together? You know, you know, Are you good? Yeah. Are you still crazy yet? Just when we did the um, show, the U.S. Discussion Group, at the end, people said it was just good to talk as a group, yeah. to yeah. get their feelings out and have other people have empathy and sympathy to what they have.
2: Absolutely. One of the things that I've also learned uh, through this process is that a lot of people um, who have coping mechanisms or tools in place to help themselves. Some of our greatest coping tools have been pulled from us because of COVID. Uh, for example, I can't go to the gym right now. And the gym is a huge part of, of what helps balance me because it gets the endorphins out and gets the balance and resets the body. I can't do that. And there's certain things that for some of us, you know, that may need that extrovert uh, stimulation and, and we can't do that either. And so it's been interesting trying to come up with different Things that I can do just, you know, for myself because those greatest tools in my bag that I have to pull out, I, I, I can't have them. And, I mean, it's, it's been tough. I've, I've, I've been very frustrated for sure. It, it is tough.
1: It's a nervous energy that's trapped in us that needs an outlet. You know, you can't go to the dungeon to get a good flogging. You can't go to the gym to uh, fire your endorphins right. that way. And a lot of uh, us kinksters are solo. You know, we're in uh, an apartment right. by ourselves and we don't have anybody to um, help us through. So just being online, call a friend. We had a game night party, which we used to have in person. Then we did one online. Uh, right. We didn't play much, uh, many games, but we, we talked about everything that was going on in our head. And um, more than game night, it's kind of a food and wine night. And so we all had our glass of wine and we had our cheese (laughs) and crackers and it had the feeling of the good times Mm -hmm. without the, the hug that goes with it.
2: Yeah. It, it, for me personally, I don't know about you, but it's reminded me the, just a vital importance of, of physical touch and, and physical energy and the contact of communication looking into another person's eyes. And um, yeah, it, it has been, and it's been good to watch the community come up with different ways that. People can connect in different Zooms and different, you know, topics from different groups. Um, and virtually, that's kind of cool to be in California and then be at a mass meeting on the East Coast. You know, that's a great feature of it, too, and a benefit to it. But, yeah, it's definitely challenging for sure.
1: It is shrinking the world. And we, we did a European discussion group also, which was really interesting. We had uh, people as far as Hungary bringing in what they were seeing in, in their backyard. And it, it, it shrinks the world into a smaller bite-sized chunk, but you still have the, I can't get out in it effect. And, and right. uh, th- that's ongoing. You know, I've gotten in my car just to go drive around a little bit just to help lubricate my uh, reality.
2: Yeah. I, uh, last weekend, you know, being in Missouri by Branson, right. But we're surrounded by Lake of the Ozarks here and it's such a beautiful place. And so I went out to the lake and found a shelter on the corner of the lake. So I wasn't near people. And that just did everything for my week and my weekend just to have that connection with nature. And so, um, there are some things we can still do, but yeah, it's, it's challenging and definitely a season of creativity (laughs) for sure. Yeah.
1: I'm a water person too. I need a lake in my life. Yes. So uh, I, I live a mile from a, a lake here, which is really good because I'll just go down and and just sit there at the end of the parking lot and just look at the water and feel the wind. Um, and it resets me.
2: Yeah. the uh, Water has actually been proven to be one of the most cleansing energy tools that we have um, access to as humans. Um, I'm a big swimmer. That's what what i refer to when i say gym i swim laps and swim hard you know an hour five times a week and so um yeah i've almost was threatening to jump in the lake last weekend because i've been missing swimming so bad but yeah water is powerful
1: water might be a little cold (laughs) yeah (laughs) not quite the heated pool at the y (laughs) exactly
2: Exactly. which
1: i'm missing desperately right now
2: (laughs) exactly i'm with you for sure Mm.
1: How did you get into the kinky world all those years ago?
2: I think uh, a lot of it as a child is I just didn't really know what to call it. I was raised in a very fundamentalist um, right-wing family. And so I was surrounded with dogma for many years and didn't really know what that meant. Um, So uh, my home base is Kentucky. And um, I had a friend actually at work. We started hanging out and just kind of talking and she started saying, you know, hey, you know, you should, you should check this out. And we would talk more about sexual and just alternate lifestyle things. And at the time, uh, the group in Lexington, Kentucky, was uh, Cuffs, Kentucky Underground Fetish Society. And I joined that group and uh, went from there. And that's where it all started.
1: What age were you when you came in?
2: And I came in, you know, whatever twenty. 20- <laughs> 324 is from 46. I I, I didn't memorize the age. Math's not my specialty. (laughs) So
1: you came in in the early days. Yeah. You know, we've talked to some people and the hard answer is 18, (laughs) which meant they had been into it years before that. Yeah. I I came into it when I was in my mid-40s. So everybody Mm -hmm. has an identification point. And once I recognized it, I knew that I was that for a long time. but whatever dogma we're we're raised in, we're uh, society norms, societal norms. There's the -hmm. the word. And, you know, uh, we are an alternative sexuality, an alternative society. Uh, Mm -hmm. We do things that um, the mainstream doesn't do. The government doesn't particularly like us. The press doesn't particularly like us. We've been pushed off to the corner of society, along with the sex workers and all those people. And so we all have something we can identify with and we all carry kind of a similar flag because we're all off here together.
2: Yeah. And I am grateful for the time period. I think this would be late nineties actually thinking about it. Um, that I got to experience a lot of the dungeons and a lot of the, you know, more family type atmospheres before all the Fifty Shades of Grey stuff came out. And, and that's so great for d- different people's journey to come through that too and to find us. Um, but it was really more like, you know, when you went to events, you went to like a family homecoming and a lot of great leather runs back then run by groups that were really a small network group of people. And so I really got to learn from a lot of people of wisdom and, you know, some of them back to the days of of some of the underground dungeons and the fetish societies. And so, uh, yeah, I'm I'm real thankful for the time period I have. And it's definitely a lot of evolvement and a lot of change. um, Part of life, you know, life evolves.
1: Comparing uh, the nineties and back when you said uh, the underground today, it's pretty easy. You know, you uh, Google bondage in whatever city (laughs) you're in and a list rolls out back in the nineties. So I came out in the nineties also and I had one advantage. I was in Amsterdam.
2: Oh, wow. Awesome.
1: You say the word and <laughs> boom, there it is. Wow!
2: Oh, lucky. <laughs> uh,
1: so, uh, but in the nineties, uh, in the U S uh, once I figured out who I was and what I was, and I was traveling back in Los Angeles and San Francisco, I then actively looked up the, uh, the munches and, and things like that in the area and met a, a network of people, uh, that are dear uh-huh. friends now, and it was not as easy then as it yeah. is now uh today oh, you yeah. can find uh in the bigger cities you can find a munch every night back when we get out of covid and they get running again but uh, mm-hmm. you you can find uh, even specialized munches munches for people under 35 munches for people that do single tail you know it, it, there's a whole yeah. variety of things that is available to a, a an up and coming kingster
2: Absolutely. A lot of uh, great stories from that period, but also a lot of challenges of finding the people that you can connect with and, you know, the people that can help guide you and help you grow, you know, in the lifestyle. And, um, yeah, it definitely certainly was, was full of challenges, too, as well.
1: Coming up in the LGBT world is different, too, back in the 90s.
2: Oh, Yeah. Totally. I remember the first lesbian bar I went into, and I thought I was in freaking heaven. It was amazing, um, and just those experiences of finally seeing butch women be themselves and be proud of who they were, and to celebrate that masculine side of them, and just all the things that I never had been exposed to that resonated with who I am, and you know who I am in my heart. And yeah, it's just really, really different, but but great stories, you know, for sure.
1: It's been uh, wonderful talking to you about your personal journey. And now we're going to get back to business here as we wrap up the, if people want to find your organization more than just a fantasy and you have a Facebook page.
2: Yes. We push all of our events and all of our monthly podcasts are on Facebook Live. It's just more than just a fantasy. You can find us there. And we also always have all of our information and more details um, at the website, mtjaf.com, short for more than just a fantasy.com.
1: Fantastic. And if somebody had questions about how they're trying to identify or something like that, uh, is mm-hmm. there a, a, a forum that they can get into there?
2: Yeah. I mean, through the Facebook form, a lot of people write me privately and we'll talk about things. And if I know some references, I'll send them or I'll go to someone and find out the answer and come back to them. Um, but Facebook, you know, we've found is, is a pretty uh, big area. We also are on FetLife. Um, I know a lot of people don't use it as much as earlier days, but FetLife is there, too. So we always want to have a way to, that people can can find us and be able to, to find that support. Um, We do a lot of posts on different topics, and I also share uh, lifestyle therapists or life coaches that may have an event like right now. Um, On the page, you'll see a Thursday night at 9.30 p.m. Queer Supporting Queers, and where we come in on Zoom and, and just hang out and talk and offer support to one another. So I don't just want to Include, you know, or actually I should say, my stuff, but to be able to put out the resources for the people in the community and let them know what is there that may appeal to them or may not be a need for them.
1: And the key word is it's a community resource.
2: Right. Absolutely. I like to capitalize the unity in community. Absolutely.
1: Good thing. All these um, web pages and Facebook pages will be available on the KinkyCast show page. So uh, feel free to click through there or just uh, Google away and uh, find more than just a fantasy and your answers to your mental health questions.
2: Absolutely. It's uh, been a pleasure and an honor uh, to be here with you. And uh, we just want people to know they're not alone and, and they're valued and they're cherished. And whatever we can do to support our community, please feel free to reach out to us.
1: Alpha Cat, thank you so much for joining us tonight, and we hope to hear more of your organization in the near future.
2: Absolutely. Take care of yourself and have a great night.
1: You
0: have been listening to episode 328 of The Kinky Cast. For more information about this show, go to kinkycast.com. Views expressed are not representative of the management of The Kinky Cast. We welcome guests with opposing viewpoints. The Kinky Cast is a production of Rooster in the Round. On behalf of all our kinky crew, I'm Max.